Good afternoon and welcome to Build a Better Business series with Elgin Carlock and my guest, Mr. Henry D. Genesti. And today we wanted to talk to you about a word that you hear all the time, leadership, and what leadership really is and all of the things that comes with it. There's plenty of people who say that they can lead and there's plenty of people who want to lead, but does that make you a leader? Are leaders built? Or are leaders born? There's some people that you can put them in the room and, and within a half an hour, everybody in the room is doing what they say. Does that make them a leader or does that make them a, a charismatic manager? And was what is the difference? Is there a difference? So we just wanted to take a few minutes and, and talk about that and really put into perspective as in the context of an entrepreneur. Because we are business leaders, even if there's just two of us, even if we are a single operator, you have to be able to lead yourself first. And leadership of one is the most important because it requires discipline. It requires that you have a commitment to what your business stands for, your value systems, and and what type of product you want to put out into the market. So with that, I'll, I'll ask Henry to... Chime in as one who has led many <laughs> to to what he thinks and uh, how does he define leadership? Well, I'm going to start out with one word and 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 uh, well, I'll give it a phrase. And most people that I have uh, respected as uh, great leaders have this as a characteristic, and that is they know how to listen. Most people really don't know how to listen. And so I think that's a, that's a basic uh, characteristic that leaders need. They need to be able to listen. First of all, if they're leading people, they need to be able to uh, listen to what the people they're leading have to say. And um, I've known people that are in uh, all kinds of, of uh, businesses, in all kinds of professions, and I'll do a wide range. I'll start with where we think about leadership. We think about leadership very often in terms of the military, and uh, we think in terms of uh, people willing to perhaps sacrifice their lives on the on on the front in the military. And why would you follow somebody that may be leading you? to your death. Uh, we think of people in uh, law enforcement that lead police departments. We think of people in major corporations that uh, can build a corporation from nothing up to multi-billion dollar corporations. And you say, well, what characteristics did that person have to get to that point where, first of all, and I'll get back to listening, they were good listeners, but they also had the kind of ideas and the kind of personalities, because a lot of it has to do with the personality of uh, sometimes that you can't uh, define maybe, but uh, a lot of times it's about sacrificing their own egos for other people will follow. See, many times you think that a person that's a leader has a huge ego. Not so. And I'm going to name some people 
that I think we all can respect is leaders that didn't have huge egos that people followed. And I'm going to talk about a person that I happen to have the pleasure of meeting on a couple of times, and I still to this day uh, just can't understand how he was able to do what he did and lead a nation of people given what he um, suffered during most of his life, and that's Nelson Mandela. And I'm not going to talk about him as a person. What I would suggest you do is just read some of the things he wrote once he got out of um, prison, spending most of 21 years in solitary confinement. And just read a bunch of his quotes. And that'll tell you what a true leader is. Let me talk about somebody else. And, 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 and I may have a theme here, too. Just think about and read about some of the writings of Mahatma Gandhi. And you'll see what leadership is all about. I'm going to give you another name, somebody again, from the United States of America. I, I named two foreigners, Dr. Martin Luther King. And what you need to do is think how young he was before he left this earth and how so many people followed him. And again, if you read his writings and, and, and read, if you get a chance, his letter from a Birmingham jail, it'll bring tears to your eyes, but it talks about his leadership and his leadership style, and it will make you understand why people followed him. Okay? Now, I'm going to throw a woman's name to you that you may not even think about. And this is another person from another country. But I happened to meet her in one of my lives. Um, and that's Golda Meir. She was the first premier of Israel. And guess what? That was unusual for a woman to become a leader of a country that had had such devastation and people were coming to Israel after the Holocaust. Now I'm going to mention a, a leader of a major corporation that I've read a few of his books and that was Jack Welch. You may not know that name if you don't understand about what he did in his, uh, his career as a corporate person, but he was known as a turnaround guy. And General Electric, which was an iconic company, was falling apart when they asked Jack Welch to take it over. And he made it ubiquitous. He made it a name that you don't ask what GE does today, but uh, GE was really on, the, on the, uh, the chopping block almost when he took over, and he wrote a great book about leadership. Um, I'm going to name two other people, and this is an American person too. And again, if you, if you thought about him, and you read about him and so on and so forth. And even if you listen to his speeches, he didn't necessarily fit the mold that you might have 
uh, a military leader. But he did become the President of the United States, too. And that's Dwight D. Eisenhower. And he was one of the few persons that warned us, too, about certain things. And one of the things in his farewell speech was beware of the military-industrial complex. And that's something, you see, that set him apart because he knew both. And he was prophetic. But that's what I want to talk about a little bit in terms, I wanted to identify some people that I just thought about off the top of my head that uh, epitomized what we uh, talk about as it related to leadership, but a wide range of characteristics, okay, a wide range. And when you think about leadership from a definition standpoint, I think one of the most popular ones that I've read simply says that a manager gets people to do things because they have to, and a leader gets people to do things because they want to. And it doesn't mean that you have to be popular or, or, or liked. But, but the, the one word that is central to effective leadership is trust. They have to trust you. And, and so the way that the commanders in the military get these people to run into harm's way is because they trust their leadership. They trust that their leadership has their best interest in mind and that the, the bigger mission is bigger than themselves. And so they want to be a part of what the bigger mission is, but rely on the leader to watch out for the details that they don't see. And so our frontline employees may deal with the customer more often than we, but the policies and the procedures and, and the ability to supply their demands all comes from leadership. And so if you're an employee that is constantly under stress because you don't have the tools necessary to satisfy what the customer need is, then you have very little confidence in those above you. And so you tend to, you tend to leave, right? You see those companies that have large turnover. Uh, perfect example is uh, the difference between McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. So you go to McDonald's probably because you're, it's the first thing you came to, and you're willing to accept that the likelihood is that your food won't be hot or right. But yet when you go to Chick-fil-A, I can count on one hand the times I've ever received cold food or my order was wrong. So what's the difference? The difference is leadership. And it begins with the leader because he or she sets the expectation that then goes down to the mid-level manager who then sends it down to the store manager who sends it to the employees. And as clear a picture as leadership is able to draw, then it is much easier for the, the layers below to execute. But within that, there still has to be a, a level of certainty from the subsequent levels that no matter what it is that is being done, there is a benefit to them, benefit to the customer, which ultimately benefits them, and that the 
policies and procedures that are put forth by the, the leadership, while they may not understand them in terms of implementation, they can understand the larger picture. And so a good example of this is that have you ever been a frontline employee and you receive an email or a, a letter in the mail from a higher up and you read about a change in policy and your first response is, well, this was obviously written by someone who's never done my job because they did not see how it related to the outcome that or the expectation that they have been given as part of their responsibility. And so it's met with resistance. And then that goes back up the chain again. And the unfortunate part is that if, if a company is not run by a true leader, then they will take a management role and try to do it by force. And that hardly ever works. It hardly ever works. Even when you have monumental change like integration or, or any type of diversity, if the people can't see what the vision is, then they're less likely to follow. And if you're a leader and no one's following, you're just taking a walk. I mentioned uh, Jack Welch and uh, his style of leadership with GE. And I also said he was a turnaround guy. And there are turnaround people, and there are turnaround people. He's a person that if you talk to people at uh, GE when he came, there are a lot of employees that were very concerned. They were very concerned about the company, the future of the company, and so on and so forth. But his leadership style was such that he built up, as Elgin said, um, a culture of trust, and they trusted him. And when he talked, he spoke the truth, and that's another thing. Good leaders speak the truth, and they don't lie to those people that they're trying to lead. They may not say things that maybe those that uh, he, uh, they're hoping to lead like, but guess what? They're speaking the truth. And truth breeds loyalty and it breeds trust. I'm going to give you another person who has also been labeled a turnaround guy, if you know anything about corporations. And his name is Carl Icahn. And Carl Icahn was a guy, and I remember this well, uh, because I was in this type of business. And when he bought Transworld Airlines, remember TWA? He bought it. TWA was teetering a little bit. And uh, he had convinced people that he was going to uh, turn TWA around because their big competition in those days was Pan American Airways. Well... The end of the story is he couldn't be trusted. And where is TWA now? He bought it and did things with their stock price and he started laying off people. And guess what? TWA now is out of business. Carl Icahn is wealthy. He took care of himself. But that's not leadership. The business was gone. 
And so I'm giving you that contrast between a true leader. Both both went to their organizations as what they call turnaround people, turning them around from a downturn to flourishing to being an iconic company like they are today, General Electric, uh, and TWA, which is no longer in business. I'm going to talk about one other person that I've met a couple of times. And he was probably, I may be wrong, but I think he was, the first CEO and chairman of the board of one of the first 500, uh, 100 corporations, and that's American Express. And his name is Charles Chenault. Ken Chenault, I'm sorry. And when Ken became the CEO and chairman, of course, he was viewed with, uh, what should I say? I don't want to say suspicion, but can he do the job? Because, again, he was a first. He was the first black ever to be in charge of a company like that and a financial services company and an iconic company, American Express. Well, Ken stayed in that position close to 20 years because he did such a great job. He surprised everybody. But it wasn't so much that he did such a great job. He was a great leader. American Express expanded in areas that nobody ever believed they could have expanded. So they weren't just the American Express card. They were ubiquitous, and they are ubiquitous today. They are in all kinds of businesses. And that's because, again, leadership and trust. Everybody trusted that he could do a job and a good job once they saw that he spoke the truth. When you speak truth to power, guess what? You end up being a good leader. So I can't emphasize enough truth, trust, and caring about the people that are following you. And if you wanted to bring that down to the entrepreneur level, think about the acquisition of customers in this manner. If people think you're smart, they'll ask you questions. If people trust you, they'll do business with you. So how many people do you know that have a need that you can provide but yet don't use you? And I'm not going to say that that's an instant indicator that they don't trust you. But you have to ask yourself, if they know you and they know what you do, why didn't they come to you? And it could be a a question of consistency, that you're on and you're off. And they don't want to spend their money if they're not sure what they're going to get. Two, you've shown tendencies where maybe you weren't always, I'm just going to say it like it is, that you weren't always trustworthy. They're just not sure. Tell the truth. And so they would rather not spend their money with you. And so even when you're reaching out to to customers who who don't know you personally or, or from a business standpoint, what you're really asking them or what you're promising them is that if they give you revenue, then you are going to then use that revenue to service their needs in the best way possible. 
And that comes from your vision, because a large part of leadership that we uh, hadn't covered to this point, but when you think about the people who Henry pointed out from uh, Nelson Mandela, Mandela to Kenneth Chenault, uh, it was about vision. And, and Mr. Mandela's vision was largely birthed while he was in prison. But it did not change the fact that that vision was there. And so as he began to chronicle that vision and bring it out as he was released from prison, you see the large movement that uh, the anti-apartheid movement was and, and how it had global implications because they bought into the vision. They understood what he was trying to accomplish and how it would benefit society. And you as an entrepreneur still have to think in a global view, even if you're in a small town. How does what you do affect your environment? How does it affect the people, uh, affect the people that you would potentially hire? What does it mean to their lives? And so leadership encompasses far more than people doing what you say. One, they're going to watch what you do, and they're going to watch how you treat others. And if they don't see anything that will allow them to grow and to flourish in that scenario, then they won't come to you, whether it's an employee or a customer. So leadership has many, many layers and more than we can, can discuss uh, in this short period of time. But I want to end this session by asking Henry a, a simple question. If you had to give an entrepreneur three things or three leadership traits, what would you tell them to work on to, be, to ensure that they will assume a leadership role in their business and not a management role? Uh, three things. Well, again, first of all, always tell the truth. You must tell the truth. And sometimes the truth may not be the kind of things that go over easily, but you can't go wrong when you tell the truth. And then what modifies and what expands the truth is trust. People are not going to follow somebody to, uh, again, in war, if they really don't think about truth and trust. And then the third characteristic is well, I'm going to maybe go in in, 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 uh, in a couple others. One of the things, you know, don't let your ego get in front of you either. You know, people who allow their ego to get in front of them, then what they do is they may compromise truth and trust. And I guess the other thing is that most people, most people want to follow. They really do. Most people are followers. Because leadership has a lot of stress behind it, too. Because visionaries and leaders very often stand out from the crowd, but they also know that if they make mistakes, 
they can fall very far. So they don't allow their egos to get in front of that. They understand the risks. They understand the pitfalls. And true leaders understand that, but then they're still willing to take the risk to lead. So you should be a risk taker if you want to lead. Don't be afraid of risk because it's, many leaders say there is no risk in life without taking a risk. And uh, I would also say that if you are really interested in characteristics of leaders, read the books of some of the people that I've mentioned because all of them have either written books or have had books written about them. And that's how you can learn really about true leadership. Again, uh, one of my uh, uh, people that I love to read his writings and, and, and I'm still amazed, I'm still amazed how young he was is Dr. Martin Luther King. People forget how young he was. And most of the people that followed him were so much older than him. So he must have, um, what should I say? He must have, have, have spurred in them something that some of the people and the ministers and the pastors and those people, union leaders, that were 10, 20 years, 30 years older than him. He must have did something to say, we trust this young man. We will trust him wherever he goes. And they followed him. That epitomizes leadership. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen today. And, and it will be just one of many conversations because we understand as business owners and business leaders and representatives of our community that the key to any economic recovery from the Great Depression to now has always been small business. But now, through COVID-19 and social distancing, the world has changed. So we want to bring you perspective to help you not only navigate the change, but to understand how you can capitalize and thrive moving forward. So my name is Elgin Carlock from the Greater Ocala Community Development Corporation. Please visit our website at www.gocdc.org. Like us on Facebook and look for our show on Brick City Radio. Coming to you very, very soon. Thank you and have a great day.